You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, how's everybody going today? Hey, David Hall. I hope you're having a Darlington day. Darlington. Greg Hectus. I'm guessing if we're having a Darlington day, it's a long day then. And Tony Groves. Good evening, fellas. All right, welcome. So no guests this week, so we're going to jump straight to topics. And the first one to come up is Coke, uh, the Coke series. We were anticipating being on Thursday nights on MBS, NBCSN as planned. However, uh, there's something I'm told it's called hockey, and apparently uh, that has nixed those plans. And it has been announced by NASCAR and iRacing that the Coke Series will continue on Tuesday nights for the remainder of the season and will be uh, you know, broadcast normally how it usually is over YouTube facebook and off enascar.com there may be an hour show uh, on nbc uh, sn later uh, like a recap kind of episode but other than that uh, apparently nbc is out well it's just an unfortunate circumstance of 2020 right it's just everything's there's so much sports condensed into one time of year and it's just you can't there's not enough hours to broadcast it all yeah, I guess it makes sense, and I think NASCAR's lucky they got their season caught up. All these uh, other, you know, sports uh, like NFL and NHL and basketball and stuff are scrambling to figure out what to do. Well, they were the first to start up because it was it's they just had it set up where it's a little bit easier to distance, considering they're not, uh, you know, there's not as much physical contact. Considering all the traveling and doing all these things with minimal resources that they're trying to keep at the tracks nascar has done a hell of a job just to get like mike you were saying caught up is it just a matter of they just don't have the time slot to actually show it or they don't want to put the resources on it i mean it, what is it well the games start at seven or usually there's a seven thirty and a ten thirty or a seven and a ten uh actually i think it's seven and a nine thirty um games for the the two rounds that are going on right now. Okay, so the good news, I think, or the side effect is we continue to have Evan on the show uh, through the end of the season to review these races. And uh, uh, we weren't sure how that was gonna work out with the race moving to Thursdays. Um, but now that we're still on at Tuesdays like normal, I don't see any reason why we can't continue that. Yeah, and um, I think that, that uh they uh, missed kind of an opportunity here. Um, I understand what they had to do, but it would have been really nice, I think, to see uh, um, the comparison between these guys and what people have seen early in the year with the pro drivers who may not take it as, as serious as these guys do. And and I think it would have it would have showed the product in a better light. I think what they need to do is um, when there's not something going on. Uh, to try and replay these races at some point during the week you know i know they had a um time slot and now it's kind of gone but i agree with you brian i would love for actual you know the actual public to actually see how these guys actually race 
when they're what they're supposed to do not not professional race car drivers moving into another you know into sim racing it's actual sim racers showing what they can do well especially if if they could just take the feed that iRacing and evan and his team are putting up um and and then you know just take that and, and broadcast it so before when they did the races they they were putting their own flavor on it, you know. They put their graphics and they had their people and and all that. But uh, maybe they don't need to do all that. Just like literally take the tape and play it. But uh, anyway, that's too bad. But it's understanding with the the corona and 2020 and everything that's gone on. And I think iRacing really can't complain, you know, considering how things uh, went with Fox and NBC earlier in the year at a no cost uh, situation, you know. I'm thinking some of the sorry, Brian. I'm thinking some of the stuff that we're seeing that we'll be talking about on today's show is because we were able to get the amount of people coming in because of what happened earlier in the year where they showed it on TV. So yeah, it sucks that they're not going to be able to do anything like be able to be shown. But maybe you know we're reaping some of the benefits of the amount of subscriptions and stuff that came on to iRacing. Right, and and I, I just think I do think the exposure that they got from the pro drivers and and the times that they were racing and everything, uh, I I don't think they could have been you could have couldn't beat the exposure that they got even even if they did broadcast this series, so um, yeah it, it's unfortunate but um, I think I think it'll be all right in the long run I um, I hope it doesn't affect next year that's all so. Um, iRacing released uh, the latest edition of the iRacing Open Mic, which is um, an open mic, uh, open mic from the race at Daytona last weekend. Uh, it's done a lot like the uh, the sounds from NASCAR that they do, where they uh, they have the pit crews talking to the drivers. These are really just the drivers talking to each other. And man, it's it's a great thing to listen to. These guys they don't hold back too much, and it, the. The biggest difference, you know, between what you hear on NASCAR and what you hear on this is the drivers are talking directly to each other. And you don't get that on the NASCAR. They're talking to their crew chiefs or their spotters. Uh, it's really interesting to hear what these guys are saying to each other uh, as the races unfold. This was great. This was classic material. The, the part where everybody's talking about what Steve Sheehan did when he left from the second lane down to the pit road and took everybody out. It was like everyone's like, "What were you thinking?" You know, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping that he'd chime in, so that you know you could you could hear what he was thinking. But he just must have not been on that chat. I thought and, later, in, I thought later in the video he did say something because they showed a replay where it looked like the car inside of him looked like it was going in the pit road, and he started following him down from the middle. That's and right. That's what, you're right. Yeah, that's what caused the whole thing. He's like, yeah, that guy started going in the pits, and it did show he did go below the yellow line like he was going in, and he kind of followed him through, uh, but it didn't. It, it wasn't really what happened, and he wasn't going in the pits. He just went below the yellow line for some reason. Yeah, and sometimes it was a uh, conversation between the spotter and the driver. And like you said, sometimes it was just driver to driver as well. But at the end, it was, you know, coming to the checkered, you know, Bobby Zelensky, you know, beep, 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 beep. You know, just totally censored out, beeped out, you know, as he uh, took that win. Yeah, the the uh, censor definitely got to work out on that whole whole tape. There's quite a few, there's quite a few explosives thrown around. What I... I don't know if you guys notice this, but it kind of I'm used to when you, we listen to the radios in the NASCAR, you kind of get the staticky and muffled. It kind of seems like it's too clear. 
and obviously we know why because it's actually is that clear but it just kind of—I don't know if it, for me it just doesn't—it's—it—it kind of loses a little bit of immersion feel from from it for it. Well, I appreciate uh, Drew Adamson uh, for putting this together. This is not easy to do. If you think if you know anything about editing video and audio together, uh, you have to pour through all of it. You have to pick what to uh, to do. You have to piece it together. I mean, he's doing audio on top of video too, and uh, I'm sure it took quite a while to put this together. But I think the result was great. And if that if those voices are coming from in-game audio, that doesn't come unmixed. Uh, once it's mixed, you can't unmix it. Yeah, but I've found out with you can pull it pretty quickly off of. Uh, um, I've been doing messing around with a bunch of stuff, and you can pull that audio out real quickly um, with certain programs. That, that unless, there's, unless there's unless software sorry. that actually plays, unless there's software that actually pulls it, it's it's mixed in there. There's some stuff that you can. I, I, it's, it's too stereo. I just, I don't, I, you'll have to show me what that is. I'm curious now. Are you curious about the new LMP, David? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not curious because my curiosity was answered. Uh, we got a video here with the LMP, and I don't know if we're covering it later because I had actually just got in and didn't get to pour over the script. But um, the LMP is out, and uh, it's going to be used in both IMSA and the ILMS series. So that must really excite you then, because you you you're probably looking really forward to this car. I know I'll def I you know I don't know though I don't want to completely go away from the GTE, but hopefully it will make the IMSA splits more reasonable. Because really nobody ran, was running the C7; it was a dead car. So hopefully that will even if I stay in the GTE class, more people will be running the prototype, and we'll have some we'll stop having five or seven splits of just GTE cars. Uh, this uh, this kind of makes the field better for the 24 hours of Le Mans, or not 24 hours of Le Mans, the Rolex 24 next year with this. If this is if this is one of the only cars we have up until that point next year, but it's nice to be able to have this to run Daytona at too, right? Yep. Again. So what do we got here? We got not just one, but really two uh, hype videos here. Yep. Uh, we we already we covered one last week that had the background sound. Yeah, these are yeah. two new ones since last week. Yeah. Yeah, one of one of the videos here that um, we got is basically showing it all off and uh, doing what it does best, flying around a racetrack. Yeah, the YouTube is pretty cool. Uh, the first half is like showing off the car, like uh, you know, glamour shots kind of thing, close-ups, uh, reflections, and that kind of stuff. And then at the last part of the video, they actually show a, a, an entire lap around the track uh, at speed, and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they they seem to do like a slow trip of uh, uh, information uh, coming up on that thing, and it was just like you know they give you a little glimpse here, a little glimpse there. Next week's a little bit more, and and then this week it finally they just did like a a full unveil of uh, introduction of the car. Oh, that's Imola. I was like wondering why they were racing. They were just there on the track. It's Imola. There's yeah, also so that's a four minute video, and then the other one was like twenty five seconds or something, and that was just for like social media. Yeah, and Mike, apparently there's something special that happens on that second video around the 1 minute and 52 mark, yeah? Really? I haven't seen that. Well, you might check the script. But I, I guess I jumped a little ahead because Tony might want to tell us about the paint before we talk about that sound. Well, yeah. Uh, what paint? Uh, road cars. Huh. 
Mm. Uh, anyways, uh, Brian Simpson has released a new Delara P2 paint template to be for all the painters to get the get y'all ready for next week. Oh, it's out there. Uh, go grab it. That was funny. I went to 152 at the video and it's just black. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But I have it muted. So you're talking about ambient noise. And apparently, uh, one of Joseph B. Griffin was savvy enough to catch what he thought was ambient noises at this part of the video. His observations were actually confirmed by staff member Greg Hill, who replied, you are correct. As of the September build, iRacing will have a much more immersive audio environment. The racetracks will come alive with ambient sounds appropriate for the racetrack location, the current state of the race weekend, and how exciting the on-track action is. Does that mean, like, if we had Dale Jr. still in the field, they'd start cheering if he went to the lead? That'd be cool. Or people hucking hot dog wrappers onto the track. Wait a minute, that's, that's ambient visuals, not, not audio. My bad. Now, he gives some details here as well in the post. Um, Paddock pitch sounds at tracks where it's appropriate. Expect to hear the clang of tools, the sound of generators, uh, jacks going up and down. This is also tied into the race state. So while it may make sense to have a bustling uh, pit road on race day, it won't be during testing. Kind of makes sense because I don't know if, you know, if you look at some of the some of the other racing games, when you're kind of like in the garage area, you're sitting, you'll hear like the, you know, wrenches, I mean, like you're saying, their wrenches clanking, you know, air guns going off and all that stuff. So, you know, kind of just add something else in the background instead of it just being, well, when you don't have any replay on, I don't know if you've noticed when you're in your replay, if you haven't gone out on the track, there's no sound until you actually show up on the track. So now it sounds like there'll be a soundtrack all the time. There's a pit alarm. Where appropriate, an alarm that will sound when cars enter pit road. The pit crew won't be able to miss your car approaching. Wait until you hear it at Nurburgring. So that would be because of the G, the, the IMSA series, or not IMSA, well, it would be IMSA L, and Lamar and any of those uh, GT stuff, plus the Formula One that do all that stuff. And here's another quote. Uh, it says, this is a project that is years in the making, really. The recent move to X-Audio provided the necessary framework for our audio team to develop the required systems and sounds. The final push was a collaboration between uh, all of our team and the art department who placed these sounds all over our many, many racetracks. You got to think of what that must like. We're, we're talking about someone just making a car and having it sound and be able to go around these tracks. Imagine going into all these tracks and now having to create an environment on top of something that's already been built. Yeah, pretty cool. Crowd noise in areas near the stands and bleachers, you'll hear an appropriate loud sense of crowd presence. As the excitement of the race rises, so too does the crowd's excitement. So can you imagine maybe Bristol? I wonder if you can hear it at Bristol. See, that's where you'd... That would be like an echoing sound. You kind of almost... they could the, the sound should be like even more amplified because you're kind of in that coliseum there right very cool i wonder if these uh next cars that were surprising us david uh will make a big sound well have you felt like there's a car been missing from the gte class well we've had we've had one it's just been years it's one of the oldest cars yeah it hasn't been active in imza in a long time but it's gonna be this year we got a corvette c8 coming to join c8r I don't know about you guys, like, 
that's got to be one of the between the ambient noise and this car like the very good kept secrets yeah we did not expect this car at all really nothing it's probably going to draw more, even more american racers into imsa because it's you know the american car uh pretty they're pretty excited about it one of our teammates is gonna start running some more imsa with with me in that in this car it's gonna be hard to see is it's gonna be interesting to see between the corvette and that new delaro what the uh what the new attachment rate to the imsa and lamar series will be so i think initially chevy announced this on social media and that was a huge surprise um, but they put out uh, pictures. They got a nice little two-minute video uh, showing the cars at Detroit, uh, Belle Isle. Uh, and, boy, it's got the classic yellow look, you know. I love Corvettes. My, when I was a child, my dad had Corvettes. And so, um, yeah, there's never been one like this to buy, and I'm probably going to buy it. I wonder if this, oh, because they're working with Chevy there, I wonder if that will ever open up them getting the Cadillac DPI. Well, it could happen, but uh, thankfully, they, they, my prayers are answered as far as them putting it in in IMSA with the other, with the uh, LMP2. Hey, Tony, is there another template again for the C8R? Oh, you're you're talking to the paint template guy today. That would be me. Yes, uh, Brian Simpson threw it out there. The template for the the Corvettes up. So if you don't want it to be yellow, you don't have to have it yellow Not anymore. You're all good to go. That's the thing. It's probably going to be a default yellow, kind of like they did with the 87 Cup car with the uh, Dale Earnhardt paint. But it's kind of annoying almost because you go to get into these races and there's three or four cars with the same paint. They should, uh, I guess what they should kind of do there is you shouldn't have any identical paints that are iRacing paints in those races. They should kind of like automatically move you to another template if you're not willing to actually have a paint job on the car, right? Right. Brian, yes. any more cars, Brian? Well, that's a good question. But but uh, James Clay, he uh, noted in the forums that the highest car ID count is the Legends Ford Thunderbird with a car ID of 125. So apparently when iRacing releases these cars, you know, they give them ID numbers. And the last one that's cur currently in use is the Ford Thunderbird. So we know the LMP2 car is coming up, and that has a car ID of 128. So the, that implies like there's two cars in between there that have IDs that are released. Uh, I think I think I think the Corvette is probably going to be one of those two numbers. You know, yeah. either 126 or 127. But there's apparently there's another one and the modified. We and uh, yeah, big block that's what I'm modified. thinking. It's the big block. I'm right, wondering as soon as they scan. I'm wondering if they like what I was thinking when I'm reading this is once they scan it that's the id for the car and to go from there it just depends on when it comes out type thing right they just they might have scanned it they're not working on it or that could be yeah now are those go ahead sorry Tony. guys i was gonna say is, is those numbers legit like is there 125 cars on iRacing it's i think it's the amount of different scans tony because it's not 125 different types of cars like there is but i think it's some of them are updated templates of and they change the ID number when they update the template for certain things because the cup cars have had many different templates. Or if they rename it. Okay. The okay. Different, energy. Yeah. different manufacturers as well. I, I think there's like a total of 80 something different cars 
in the 80s to 90s range. I don't think we're in the hundreds yet. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering that to see if, like, if you know, he put it out there. And I mean, and it totally makes sense, but I was just wondering if the numbers could add up. But it sounds like it, it definitely does by that logic for sure. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. And, um, it, you know, who knows? I mean, this Corvette really came out of nowhere. They could they could drop a, a modified before the before the new build and nobody really see it coming beforehand. Well, yeah, the Corvette is template 127 and then you got 128. So you're just missing 126. Like it's got to be that modified that they've scanned that's, that uh, they're working on for the following or the build coming up uh, the next following build. Yeah, it could be, but uh, the Weed Sport track is what is uh, known for their modifieds, their big blocks. So, you know, and we know that Weed Sport's be coming out this this uh, build. So, uh, you know, who knows? It, it might come out with Weed Sport. I want to mention the video that the Corvette Racing put out on Twitter to announce this originally. It shows Jordan, Jordan Taylor, one of their drivers, in VR, you know, in a cockpit. It shows him in his real race car as well and, you know, putting on the helmet. But what's interesting is the format of the video. It's not your typical letterbox video. It's not like a cell phone where it's, you know, tall and a narrow video. It's more like a square, uh, which is kind of unusual. But uh, they've made a special format just for this, I guess. Freaking cool. I love that Corvette. Well, it sounds like Steve Myers is having some fun doing his own uh things off uh on the side here he tweeted uh out uh, the other day uh this september iRacing build is going to be sick i'm currently trying to get close to the jumping uh jump record uh to jumping the record at pylons at uh, crandon off-road uh not sure if it will make the build but it might be the greatest off-road truck or track ever created uh in an iRacing title Weed Sports Speedway is in the 410 is on fire, as he put it. Well, fire symbol. Um, so have we figured out if they're actually going to be in the build? They kind of haven't fully announced if they're hey, coming in this build. Greg, I want to back you up just a little bit. He, he makes a, the statement even bolder. He says that it might be the greatest off-road track ever created in a racing title, not just iRacing any racing title it's pretty bold for a thing that doesn't specialize in these dirt things right i I can't find a link but we had a link of a video of the start of this race and it's i I think they all line up like 30 across and they all go in for turn one yeah we have that video yeah the land rush because that's where they start they start in the inside uh grassy area and 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 drive straight to the first turn um out of that grass type area i mean as a video i mean that looks totally awesome and i can't say that like even that the idea of that kind of start is absolutely awesome as well um how well that would work in i racing i don't know i think maybe like three people survive the first turn we'll find out it's gonna be like a it reminds me of motocross that's kind of how motocross starts and uh I used to run motocross when I was young, and you you just have to the bigger you know bigger ones than the guy next to you, really. Those bikes weren't pulled by horses back then, Mike. Huh. Well, talking about uh, tracks, uh, 
people are praying for Coca-Cola Speedway. And uh, Steve Myers, <clears throat> he's uh, he's been quite active on the social media. He usually is, but uh, he he replied to did he reply? Yes, he replied that uh, won't be in the September build, but shooting for December. Now, is the Coca-Cola Speedway a real speedway, no. or is it just no. a fictional one? I thought it was just fictional. That's from NASCAR 2003. It was the um, are they. Was it user? No, they did have it in the actual build of, or the actual game as a fantasy track. It's like a giant oval with really high banking. Yeah, that was that was released by Papyrus. Um, and it, it's like a three mile super high bank, uh, no restricted race. Track. Yeah, it was, it's crazy. There was the, everybody loved it because of no restricted plates. And then if you turn backwards, you'd flip over. Okay. Well, heck, I'm digging that. I like the idea of that that's that's kind of neat, but. I was going to say, no, that would be a, um, like a step away from the norm for, for these guys. But I see the, you know, the nostalgic, uh, aspect of it, but then they've also for the, um, for the rally cross, they've made some tracks that don't exist either. So I guess it's, uh, yeah, it'll be, be a good thing. Another new track to run around. I think the, the whole thing of 2020 though, has kind of got them to figure out new ways of getting to tracks because i'm sure it's been really tough on them to scan certain things this year like obviously they've had to buy uh scanning stuff for some tracks to try and release some content because they can't travel over and actually go and do it um and cars and things like that so this track is probably kind of like a stopgap. they already had some of the information because it's you know obviously theirs and they created it it, it just kind of helps them get some content out to all the users maybe get some revenue in and then hopefully in 2021 here we can this world can sort itself out and we can get back to a, some sort of norm here to be able to they can go and do some of their jobs and add more content for us yeah and i was thinking maybe this was tied to the when the release of uh, coca-cola's uh, title sponsor for the uh for the uh, stock card for the iRacers. well it kind of was I, I mean i think it was steve meyer said something crazy like oh, we'll release it if we can sign them as a sponsor, and then they signed them. I wonder if this is going to be a, a track you have to buy. Could this be a free track? It's not like they sent somebody to a track to scan it or anything. Yeah, but they paid someone a lot. They're paying someone to man hours to make it. I'm sure it's going to be – maybe they'll put it at a discount price, but I'm thinking it's probably going to be the normal price, like all the tracks. And I, I'm guessing I, free, though. I would I'm guess – I'm hoping free. Okay, but – they wouldn't probably have a problem selling selling it for money either with the amount of people that love doing like the top carburetor cup type thing, right? Oh, Anybody yeah. that loves our fast speeds. Well, just from how you guys have described this track, I mean, really high banking, unrestricted racing. Um, I, I've never even seen this track. I, 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 I never played. Um, but 60 cars out there. there but, and... Heck yes. That sounds like a blast. It'd be an interesting uh, multi-class stock car race. Well, you could do yeah, yeah multi-class stock car race, or one of our favorites to run is the the uh, Cadillacs there. With the IRLs on the, that would be pretty cool too. Okay, oh. next up, uh, three new road racing series are coming to season four. Uh, we got the Touring Car Challenge, which is the Audi RS3 LMS. It's 15-minute race. Runs hourly, D and up. Ferrari GT3 Challenge 
okay, will be obviously the Ferrari, and it's going to run hourly and open to D and up. And then the GT Endurance Series, the third one, featuring the GTE cars, uh, this will take on 90 minutes of action at marquee tracks around the world, and uh, that's your three new road series. David, I, know, I don't know about you, but that GTE Endurance Series kind of, you know, piques my interest. It'll be fun, but man, 90 minutes isn't really endurance. It is compared to those short 15-minute runs. True, but I mean, the regular Le Mans Series, which is considered a sprint for, for endurance cars, runs 60 minutes. It's 45 or 60, isn't it? No, IMSA's 45. Le Mans are all an hour. I like the idea that there's, you know, these races, uh, hopefully they're staggered too. So, but with them only 15 minutes long, man, I mean, that probably means you can just jump into any kind of race at any time of the day. Yeah, and that, it looks like uh, that was the design because Greg, Greg West, he put on the forums and explains that, yeah, there's going to be four total sprint car, sprint series that go off every 15 minutes. So it's just going to allow drivers to always have a race that they can jump to, you know, starting at a D-level license and, and, they're, and they're up. Well, there you go. Kind of reminds me of what they used to do with um, how they would stagger the um, – legend series and legend open series and all those those lower rookie steer series where you could hop out from one to another or if you wanted to do road uh one half hour and then the net then the the oval part with the legends this the next half hour is kind of like you know you, you always have something to do if you had like a spot for like five hours to race you get as many races as you wanted in a night well speaking of rapid races uh brian we got something else coming up yeah, I was just saying that, uh, talking about the four sprint car series. Um, they have four sprint car series that go off. It's like every 15 minutes. So, and then, and Greg West, he was on the uh, forums explaining why he did, why they did that. And it's really just to keep keep things turned over so everybody has a race they can jump jump into real quick. Man, Greg West has been busy with it, David. Uh, he's even posting where the new content's going. Where do you, where did he say it was going, Dave? Well, we, we hinted at this a little bit earlier, but um, there's a change in the lineup for both IMSA and the ILMS series. In IMSA, we're going to have the new Dallara LMP2 for GTE. It's going to be BMW, Porsche 919, Corvette C8R, and the Ferrari 488. So the Ford GT is being pulled. Then GT3 is just going to be the Merc AMG and that Audi R8. In ILMS, it's going to be the same LMP1s as before. The HPD is being replaced with the Delara LMP2. And then over here on the GTE side, it's going to be the Ford GT, the, the Porsche 919, the Ferrari, and the Corvette. And in that series, BMW is being pulled out. And I believe I saw recently that BMW is actually pulling out of that series in real life as well. There you go. That's why. And then week 14, uh, they're going to have a special shiny new shakedown series with the new Delara and the new Corvette. Which is actually, did you say week 14 or week 13? It's week 14, remember? Yeah, yeah 14 this time. It's leap year. How many leap years has this guy seen, Greg? I haven't counted, but I have a feeling this is the same guy we, I think we bring this up every year around this yeah, time. Is it this not? Is maybe uh, the fourth year, I think we've covered this. So. Paul D. Smith posted uh, in the forums he wanted to wish his happy or a happy birthday to his father, Monty Smith. 
who turned 93. And um, it's just a little backstory on it. Uh, again, I get it. I think he talks about this every year, but um, you know, he got him started in uh, rally racing and then the Grand Prix Legends before iRacing, and now he's been um, you know strictly in iRacing. iRacing. Um, but Paul did mention that he's had some. His father's had some health issues lately and has slowed down in the sim racing. Um, but he's hopefully going to turn, get it uh, going and uh, get some more uh, racing in once he starts feeling better here. This guy was dirt racing back at the same time that Ralph Earnhardt was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and uh, I saw a different post in the Facebook uh, where people were saying, how old are you on iRacing? And they were trying to see who the oldest was. And I'm like, oh, we got this story coming up about Monty Smith, and he's 93 and, uh, of course, that was the oldest uh, out of hundreds and hundreds of responses in that thread. That was the oldest. And I'm pretty sure he's the oldest sim racer that I've ever heard of. Wow. That's, it's crazy at 93 that, you know, he still um, can even do this. And uh, the, the things that he's probably seen and dealt with in his life um, over the 93 years, uh, I'm glad that he could at least have some fun doing this um, while he still got some health. Hey, Tony, does your Logitech keyboard work? Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. But uh, my Logitech keyboard does not light up. And apparently there's, uh, there's been some issues with that. Um, the, uh, the, the backlit keyboard was causing eye racing to crash when, when closing. Uh, so the backlighting has been disabled in the, in the latest patch for the time being. Oh, that's... Find that a uh, rather odd thing to uh, make iRacing crash, but um, oh, I haven't had a an issue with my razor, so I don't know. Yeah, I have a lit up keyboard as well, and it hasn't caused any. That's kind of that is kind of odd, but apparently the 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 uh, staff members are just like, we're just going to disable that, so it's the safest way to to handle it until they look into it i guess later it wasn't big enough a deal for them to really uh to really get into real deep and start putting patches out um so it was just a weird weird thing it looks like yeah i'm sure you'll see a patch come out um you know after after the release happens they'll they'll have a little bit more time to to deal with that issue but um yeah oh if there's any any listeners out there that uh don't know much about these backlit keyboards it's not just a uh you know a fancy lighting it is but it isn't um these actually go off like the flags and uh yellow flags green flags um you know it'll it'll show a checker flag on there um pretty much everything um i absolutely love it it's such a a cool thing you get it propped up so it's just in your your uh sight line and uh just a just a nice little thing to help i can't you well, yeah, I guess that would be pretty much the biggest thing. The the one part that I'd found, uh, I don't get to see it now because I'm running uh, pretty much all in VR. But you know, when you're when you're on the grid, just waiting for uh, waiting for the race to start, everybody to log in, and you know, you never know quite know when it's ready to go. You wait for that, you know, for your uh, car to get in gear if you leave it in gear. But on on my keyboard it will actually light up red when it's ready to, you know, to get the car started or, you know, get the car in gear. Like you're, you're going to go when it, when it goes red. 
All right, pretty cool. Yeah, I got the razor. I love it uh, with the different colors. Uh, next up, we had an issue August 30th with the Amsterdam server farm with connection issues. So remember, iRacing is in Boston, Australia. They have Amst uh, servers in Amsterdam. So apparently the Amsterdam servers went down for a while. Um, it happened to be a result of a DDoS attack on infrastructure upstream from them at one of the service providers. iRacing was not the target, it was somebody else. But this happens, and this is why it's a good idea to have infrastructure in various places of the globe. So when one situation gets DDoS'd, it doesn't take the whole thing down. You know, can you imagine if all the servers were in one place and that went down and nothing worked? Uh, you know, obviously you could still race, but you couldn't race in, on those particular servers. Yeah, they, did they have a problem with uh, an Australian server a couple weeks ago, I thought? Um, I don't think it was an attack like that, but it was, they had some kind of issue with a bad server. They did. So it happens. And uh, I love the way they have it set up where there's redundancy and stuff. So, Did you ever, guys ever watch a YouTube video of a streamer and they have like uh, these outlines of road tracks attached to the wall? Well, um, I can uh, tell you how to get them now. Uh, David M. Weber, he posted in the forums that he's created 211 different STL files of tracks that you can use to 3D print for yourself. He, he'll sell you all 211 for just $9. So if you have a 3D printer, it will print these tracks out in a um, yeah, in like whatever color uh, resin you use for that. And uh, I've seen these things on people's walls before, and I thought they were really cool. But this is the first time I've seen anywhere that you can uh, – at least get the uh, files to do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And apparently he, he hand created these files by using Google Earth and Google Maps with a little measuring tool, which he said is quite accurate. Um, but uh, like you said, if you have a, access to a 3D printer, man, it looks pretty cool. Uh, maybe for the man cave, Tony, or for the sim cave. Yeah. <laughs> Might have just be full of ovals. <laughs> uh, he does have all the ovals. Impressive. He has twenty-two of the ovals on there. Come on, come on! You don't. You're not gonna get the the couple NASCAR road courses and just put them on your wall. I know you like road racing. Well, okay, so maybe Watkins Glen. I do like the Glen. Um, Sonoma. I might just print that out just to have a video of me smashing it. Because screw Sonoma. <laughs> That's what I was thinking with Daytona Road after. All you guys and your heavy stock cars that can't get around road courses. But, you know, maybe if I get a, just a bunch of rubber bands and tape them up on the wall, nobody would ever know the difference. Maybe a serving belt or something like that. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's a great idea. Uh, $9 for 211 tracks. Um, these things would print out in no time as well. But uh, you, the, the amount of work that this guy's put in it and nine bucks, that's that's really, it's nothing. Well, we see it on a lot of popular uh, YouTube guy and streamer uh, backgrounds. We'll have famous tracks around the world. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to have Spa or something or Monza or... I think Spa would be cool. If you just picked one, I would pick Spa. Spa's got the most interesting design. You can recognize it, right, when you see it. Probably Watkins Glen, too. I kind of like Suzuka because of the way it twists together. That one's kind of an interesting design. 
Well, on the and then on the oval side, obviously, uh, Indy's probably the most recognizable. Pocono have a triangle on your or wall. That, yeah, I've seen it on some some of the real life racers on their in uh, in their uh, man caves or woman caves. A while back, there was a company that sold these things, but, but on a bigger scale, and they were made out of really nice wood and uh, really big. And they were a lot of money, like hundreds of dollars. And uh, boy, this is a different alternative for sure. Well, we have a, ne a video and my heart just about got racing, trying to figure out if I could get the link to work or not, because uh, right now it's not. Um, but we'll get I, got it fi the, I fixed it. We'll get it fixed on the uh, on the uh, show Scrubs. notes. But according to Mike, he just fixed it. Uh, yeah, uh, Dave Cam, he, I see him every once in a while. He drops into my stream and says hi. Uh, and he has uh, shown that he was up around 135 beats per minute when he was running towards the front in a recent cup race. Now, David, obviously, you know, you're you're a big physio, not a, phys a guy that uh, works out a lot. At 135 beats for a sustained time, would that be a decent workout? Like, would it help burn calories decently? Well, I mean, it'll burn a few calories, but it's not... Um, it's not the same as actually using the muscles because that's what also what burns the calories. Uh, if you're if you're jogging, if like if I'm jogging, you know, not not sprinting but jogging, that's probably about where my heart rate would be sitting. Well, for I'd say for the average person, that'd be considered the the cardio spot. But it, it your your optimum uh, heart rate kind of depends on your your age and everything. There's a couple of different things to make the formula. Now, yeah. 135 beats per minute. That's at. That's like at a. Obviously, when it's up that high, it's obviously a. I call it like a stress, uh, heart rate, right? Because it's it's more of adrenaline that's getting you there. It's not anything physical besides cranking on the wheel that's getting you there, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you're pumped up. This is really cool, though. No, I've, um, I, I've done this a few times. And you know you, you zoom in on on the timeline on your on your heart rate, and you can actually see when the cautions land because your heart rate just drops and you're calm, and then the racing starts and you you know you slowly start working up again. But I found that to be a really neat thing to be able to pick out when the when the cautions actually happen. I want to know how does he get the beat per minute number onto his uh, Twitch stream. He literally shows the 116, 117 uh, as a, a, a graphic. There's uh, so basically there's a couple different um, heart rate monitors that are designed um, to with programs that are on your computer, and then um, to, to you know you can upload the to your computer what your heart rate is live, and you can use your stream and bring it in. Um, there's I've been looking. I looked into it a little while ago because I thought I could try and do it with Fitbit, but it wasn't very easy with a Fitbit or very, you couldn't get it accurately. But a lot of these are the actual ones that they wear around their chest um, that give you a pretty accurate reading, but they're designed with interface to work with your computer or smartwatches, things like that. Yeah, there are Twitch streamers that Twitch or that stream their workouts and they'll connect that. Uh, also, we were talking about adrenaline, an interesting thing. About 10 years ago, ESPN actually covered Drum Corps International. So reaching over into you know my other, my real job. And they had an, a heart monitor attached to a drummer who marched for like Phantom Regiment. 
which is one of the one of the top drum corps. And if they started playing some of his music that they had been rehearsing recently at one of the really hyped up points, his heart would jump up to about 140 just hearing the music. Get fired up. Yeah, thanks, Dave Cam. He actually emailed us a story in so we could talk about. Uh, appreciate him sending that in. So Greg Hill is at it again teasing us because obviously it doesn't sound like Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway is going to be in this next build. But uh, he did happen to post two images on his Twitter of what it looks like under the lights. And, man, is it a – the track looks really nice in these in these quick little photos that he snapped. Um, it, it reminds me of what uh, a home track, small, uh, small track would feel like with uh, – minimal lighting it's not like nascar that has the really expensive lighting it's like the you know lights on a pole that are are minimal but it's enough to see the cars go around the track but it's just well done it it, these, it looks like it's going to be an awesome track yeah like the billboards outside the track aren't really lit up and they're kind of in the dark i mean it gives it that small town feel i wonder where they haven't uh, grabbed bowman gray yet sure there's probably there's just you can only there's all kinds of things they can do right and there's probably just it's probably in their list somewhere right you put that one in and you might actually get chocolate myers to come die racing yeah pretty much you talked enough about it uh here's that video that we were talking about tony yeah i was gonna say why don't we talk a little bit more about the crandon international raceway land rush um there's a couple of videos posted up on the on the Twitter from Greg Hill, uh, one being the actual land rush. So you get to see everybody, you know, clamoring for that first turn. And then the, uh, the second video is just a a quick one, just kind of showing, uh, the trucks going over one of the jumps, but, uh, yeah, we kind of said enough about it, uh, earlier, but we got the videos. I'm definitely going to be getting this because I like the dirt trucks, but I got really stale with the, this, the two tracks and, Man, to have this new track with this new land rush, it's going to be fun. Yeah, and I, I think that the, some of the uh, rally tracks that they converted, started using with the trucks were, weren't nearly as fun as the ones that were actually dedicated truck tracks. Uh, so I think this is going to be a lot more fun. I wonder what the rally cars would be like on this track. Can't really jump those much without hurting them. That's true. You have to be gentle, I guess. Now, this next story is one of the biggest surprises. I, it really surprised me. I mean, I had no idea this was coming, but I guess it makes sense. But season four surprise, there will be variable tire compounds that you can select for in the Formula One iRacing Grand Prix series. White, uh, yellow, or red uh, sidewalls? Hard, medium, and soft. Now... The, what's interesting about this is because we were always we were wondering why they were bringing they were so excited besides obviously the updates that they'd done to the car but why they were excited to bring the McLaren back into you know competition again when they've taken it out because of problems it had but this totally makes sense now as they kind of slowly fed us information about this car and then this popped and it's like okay now this series is totally making sense now because this adds a whole new layer of strategy and stuff. I kind of, I'm thinking the series is open, but I kind of wish if they would have a fixed series of this because it would make it probably draw more people into it to race it possibly. Right. 
So you have to start the race with the same fresh tires from the same compound that you qualified with. Choose wise, wisely. At some point, I hope they get to the point where whatever tires you qualified on and whatever you've knocked off of them in, the, in, in that qualifying session is what you start the race on in everything that, you know, that, that does that in real life. Seems fair. Okay. Uh, Bri- bad news, Brian. Uh, at least for me, it is. Yeah, this is what everybody's been dreading for a long time, this announcement. It comes from Alex Gustafson, one of the staff members. The iRacers have been fearing this one. Season four, coming up, will begin the slow phase-out of the classic internet-based member site in order to focus their development efforts on a single environment, which is the beta UI, which sounds like it's going to be just the UI really soon. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I don't yeah, know. I'm just used to it, I guess. Mike's I guess gonna get a beta it. UI tattoo. <laughs> well, uh, here's what's going on for this uh, this phase out. Um, in phase one, which is this coming uh, coming uh, season coming up, um, the following features and pages will only be accessible through the UI. So you can't use these features anymore from the website. Uh, teams. Uh, customized paint schemes, customized cars, customized suits, uh, the time attack, uh, your account, the customized paint schemes, customized helmets, customized suits. So none of these things you're going to be able to access anymore after this new build in the members and the uh, internet-based uh, member site. It's all going to go through the beta UI. Yeah, I don't care about painting. I don't paint. I don't care about time attack. Nobody does time attack. So. Who cares? But the idea is they're going to start chipping away at it. You know, this is just right. the beginning. Right. This is just phase one. Who knows how quick these phases are going to start coming? You know, whether it's going to be a lot bigger one on the next uh, next release in December. Who knows? But it's it's coming. So prepare yourself. Maybe maybe start slowly using it to get yourself familiar with it before it's, before it just hits you all at once. You know, and you and you don't have time to really familiarize yourself with it. So now what I wonder is what's the first thing, big thing that they take out of the member or the actual internet based site? Do you think they take the hosted to try the hosted first? Because if it goes wrong, then then it's at least it's the hosted area, not the official racing area. Uh, that's what I'm thinking is they'll take the hosted next to try well, and you know, test it. I, I'm kind of with you on that one, Greg. I because isn't there stuff in hosted that you can only do on the beta UI right now as it yes. is? Yeah, yeah, setting yeah. it up. Yeah, but so I'm that makes sense. If they just like take AI that whole like spot that. out and then they try it that way, because you know if something goes wrong, what are they going? They're going to give people their money back, right? They could, you know, they can, you could, they can help that stuff. When an official race has something go bad, it costs people a lot of I rating and stuff like that. I think they're going to try something that will be. They're going to pull certain sections at a time. This could be. You know, this could be overall the next next year. Each each build could have just sections by one section until they feel like the infrastructure is completely ready to take it all. Well, if they're starting this here and now. I, I'm betting you season one, 2022. That'll be the end sense. of it. I, I bet you. I bet you we're all you know Can not surf. not beta UI. It'll just be UI and the mem- and the internet based one or web based one is done. Well, it'll just be it'll just be an iRacing low iRacing icon on your thing, right? It'd be it's like entering any any application. It's just going to be that. It's probably just going to say iRacing eventually. That would be it, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, they don't really but... need to have UI, do they? Well, here's the thing. So this this uh, announcement opened up the conversation again about the beta UI and the state of it. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it okay? And people, uh, I've, I've been reading these threads throughout the week, and um, I'm not the only one who thinks this, but I used to be in UI in a previous career, um, and there's an art to UI. It's it's an art. It's not something that just anybody can do. And I think I've said it on this show before, and nothing personal against the person who's designing this, but they just need to get somebody different in there and doing it differently because it's not intuitive. I mean, uh, the stuff... And, and people, I'm not the only person who says this, but people, it's hard to find, it's hard to organize, it doesn't look as intuitive as the website in some instances, and uh, they have some work to do still, but uh, I guess they feel like uh, it's good enough. See, and I gotta, see, I've had an opinion of this too, because uh, over the last week, I've been doing a lot of video editing and screenshotting and doing a bunch of things, so I need to create, like, the right environment and the best way to to do it is in the beta UI. So if I want a sunset or um, certain time of day or to speed up time and things like that, I've been using the beta UI doing it. The one problem, I, I'm not really totally into using the beta UI because I'm just so accustomed to the website. I, I could, you know, in my sleep, I could click whatever I want and I could get into a race. But in the beta UI, it just seems like there's way too many way too many windows that you are way too many things you got to go through so you, you pick track state then you got to go to next next thing that's on another page and then another page and another page it just seems like they're piling it on top of each other instead of just having all the information there and you just click the windows in one thing it just it, it seems like to me they're overthinking um what they need to do they're, they're designing it like like they were going to be running it on a console this it kind of really reminds me of video games and 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 their loading screens and the, and how they get things prepared um for you to actually get into the game all right that's the nicest thing i could say about that so uh yeah now maybe we'll have a farewell farewell video for it when it uh when the website actually gets shut down is this the first farewell video that somebody's actually i don't remember any other card getting a farewell like this I don't know, but the video is pretty epic. It, uh, not epic, epic, epic. That's a nice uh, tongue twister there. Um, it's pretty epic, and uh, the, the music, and you watch it, and you see it in the slow mo, and it it's like a season finale or something, uh, or a series finale of a show where you just almost feel a little depressed after it's all over. So, what car are we talking about here? The HPD. Oh, it's not going to be in any official racing, basically, of being retired? Correct. That's like, uh, it's been moved to that tier of the cheaper cars now, because they're not going to yeah. be doing any more. They're going to they're gonna be putting less stuff in free content and just dropping it to, like, say, $3. And the HPD is going to be one of those. So you'll be having to look forward in leagues and special races, stuff like that, that, that like to run the older content. It's a good video. It's, uh, it's sad to see a car that... You know, it seemed to have some popularity in the series. You know, it's definitely was popular in the endurance races, but uh, any of the long races. But uh, you know, it's never good to. You know, it sucks on iRacing's end too, right? Like, you know, all the hours that have gone into that car, and now it's just, you know, they're not using it anymore, and it's going to be, you know, not 
not used as much or if at all anymore. For well, how many hours have I personally driven that car? I mean, it, I've driven that in the 24 hours of Daytona, I think, two or three times. Really? Where did they did they replace the C7 with it? Or maybe I'm point? thinking of the C7. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it used to be the Delara. It used to be the Delara before the C7. I don't know. I can't tell all these cars apart myself. Uh, it's a, it's a neat car. The only thing I never enjoy about it is being on the right side of the of the cockpit. It still throws me off as much as being in the middle of the cockpit. Pretty cool video by Luke Dowding. He put it up on the forum. He's from the UK. Nice video. Guess what? It's the week of videos, and we're on to another one that was posted by iRacing. Um, iRacing's next dirt track coming, Weed Sports. Uh, the flagship track for the super, car, or super dirt car is coming to iRacing next week. Um, so there was a nice little video of uh, about a, just under a two-minute video here showing you all the details of the track, what it looks like. Such an odd-looking shape to a track, but it looks like it's going to be a fun dirt track for the guys that... Be, you know the dirt track stuff to be added to it the shape content. of it is very odd it's like did they do that on purpose or is this that's the way the land was laid i don't know it's probably it's probably got to do with the way the land is maybe right like well yeah it reminds me of that story i think it was darlington it, the reason that darlington isn't like a, a equidistant on either side is because there's railroad tracks along the back or something and they had to parallel that I thought it was the fishing pond that they didn't want to disturb. Was it the well, pond? Yeah. Yeah, I thought they didn't want to disturb the fishing pond. Right, and, so it's probably something for. like that. Yeah, it's like a D-shaped dirt track, basically. It's very unusual. So does this uh, kind of excite you, Brian? You know, I know you love, like, the dirt. Like, does it look like something you're going to get into racing around? Yeah, I think I probably will get that track. Um, uh, yeah. Um, looks like they've they've had the sprint cars on there in the video mostly um so they're not they're not uh, leaking anything with the modified still on that but yeah i mean if it, i'm sure they're going to add it to the official series and i want to try to run a, a full season this year in the official so i'll probably wind up having to get it either way it looks like an uh it looks like you you carry so much speed for most of that there, there's barely any time you're really really off the throttle because you got that long sweeping like it like it's like the d shape and when you're in that spot it's like you're full out the whole time there is a lot of content this build i tell you what they got something for everybody literally and don't they always have a surprise that they don't let us know about it well so i think what that was think? the corvette right yeah that that uh the new harder softer tires that came out of nowhere too. yeah that was a big surprise uh, with it being next week i think uh it's coming soon Okay, so this makes sense now too. I, I'm just reading something here. Well, Tony, are you, um, you got the next one here with the season four schedule. Sure do, sure do. Tyler Hudson uh, posted it up. It's got a couple of notes attached to it. The uh, Centripical is going to be a placeholder for Nashville and Weedsport. Um, the new Corvette will be placed in the uh, the Le Mans uh, Endurance Le Mans IMSA and gte endurance series after the build so it will not show up on this pdf and the new delara will be placed into the iRacing le mans endurance le mans and imza series now it was interesting to me because i saw this pope come up before and i was just talking about nashville we didn't we might have in the build uh in december 
it sounds like Nashville will be ready before the next build. Did we, didn't we cover that saying that it possibly was going to get released pre, like mid-season? Maybe, yeah, it rings a bell. I thought I saw a tweet saying it was going to be ready for the patch, for the, re- for the release. Just trying to look here to see where they have it placed in the, it would be like a dirt modifier, or the late model, wouldn't it be, for the Nashville? Oh, and it said there's a placeholder would be center, uh, centripetal. But I looked, uh, I jumped on the schedule, I looked up Legends, because I'm obviously interested in that, to see what they were going to do. Are they going to make it open? Nope, it's still fixed. And uh, looking at the tracks, looks like the same track lineup we had this uh, season three, so... So it looks like the first one I see here in the street sock in that schedule, uh, the centripetal circuit is placed in week four. So is that one for Weed Sport? No, it wouldn't be for Weed Sport. No, so it's gotta be, it, would be, it would be Nashville then. Yeah, that's so got to be, be it. So, so, at least by, so at least week three. So September be, 29th. Yeah, so it'd be before the end of September. Yep. Well, there that's you go. So, the uh, tour modified showing week three. So does that mean it's week two then? I guess the, it's got to be early. So David, I think maybe you're right. Maybe it is before the first, right around the first patch. All right. Uh, let's go into housekeeping notes. Don't forget about show notes, man. Uh, what a resource. It's on Google Drive. There's a link to it in the the description of every podcast. Uh, click the link and you can get access to those PDFs uh, for every show. Uh, don't forget to send us your store story ideas to iracerslounge at gmail.com. And we are on the PMN network performance motorsports network. Check us out over there. And with that, Oh my, we got us a trophy. Let's talk fantasy podcast fantasy league in a casual setting. Yeah. So actually I am going to, uh, sort of a bit of an announcement here. Um, I do have my mind wrapped around how this whole playoff thing works now. Um, so I, we're going to actually extend this right to the end um, because uh, from everything that I can tell, our points all stay the same. And like I had uh, talked about last week, um, all the drivers' uh, uses get reset. So you can use each driver now five times uh, throughout the playoffs. And because I am... I am in the lead. I'm first place. Um, let's just extend it right to the end of the season, see if somebody can uh, come and topple me. Um, had it uh, been uh, somebody else in the lead, uh, I would have stuck to the original, um, you know, just regular season and cap it there. But uh, let's give everybody, uh, you know, 10 more chances here to uh, come get me. Now, with that being said, um, yes, we have a trophy. We will have a trophy. Um what we have up here is just, uh, it's not going to be the, well, the trophy will be the same, um, but we will have a customized, uh, um, uh, customized nameplate, um, you know, with the, with the league winner's name on it and, you know, our graphics and stuff. But uh, if, uh, for those of that listened to the aftermath said we'd have uh, Mike describe this trophy because he is the best guy to describe things. Um, so Mike, I, let's, I love it. I mean, it's like a lounge, like a, a sofa chair uh, with his feet up and he's holding a steering wheel in one hand, but the smartphone in the other, uh, which is kind of, you know, doing the fantasy, I guess. And he even got his helmet on to look like the racer. So 
uh, part, you know, lounging on the chair with the smartphone, but also the helmet and the, and the wheel. And of course, it's a nice bronze on top of a nice uh, pla- uh, base with the uh, uh, placard that says Fantasy Racing Champion Sofa King Racing. Yeah, so uh, when we get this one, uh, when we get when I get this one done up, it will actually have the iRacers Lounge podcast, which is perfect uh, since the dude's lounging around. You know, we'll, we'll do the 2020 uh, champion, and then we'll we'll have the the champion's name underneath all of that to to customize right. it. Now, Tony, it it is true that this was to scale for Chris Scales, right? Like this is, this was done. He just sitting at home, and then you guys just took a picture, and they made it out of it. Well, I think this guy's in a little better shape, but uh, you know, dipped him in the bronze pool like Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw this. This is like absolutely, uh, just absolutely perfect. Just fit the bill, great. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we're gonna do. It'll be fun, and uh, yeah, we got ten more races, so. Um, everybody knows the deal. Um, I'm sure <laughs> this last week, Daytona, that was, uh, another, you know, another absolute crazy race. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of movement on the board. Uh, we have a new second place, smiling ninjas in second place. Res dog, uh, dropped down into third KBM is in fourth, just in time. He, uh, he slipped right near the end, but I think he ran out of, ran out of uses on the on the top guys so um you know he's still got time he might be able to just get back up there now that the uh the uses have been reset so he's in fifth gi jojo's in sixth laird racing in seventh carrie seal is in eighth jedi mcfly that, that would be mr scales he is dropping like a rock um that's kind of uh you know ribbing him a little bit there on the weekend when we we're recording the aftermath um He's just simply not paying attention, and now he's uh, paying the penance for it. So um, we'll leave that one on him. Team 207 rounds out our top 10. So uh, 10 more races, guys. Stick with it. Get your picks in. Don't forget those picks. You can't win if you don't pick. But uh, now we got something we're all we're all going after. So Well, we're back to once a week. I think that's going to help me. The other thing is I was just looking at the fantasy there in, on my phone here, Tony. This week's going to be very it's it's odd because the top 16 is the actual top 16 of the you know the starting of the race too so you've got all the playoff people uh, guys starting up front and the way the grid is so it's kind of going to be you know it's not like we're normal when they qualify and you can have them scattered through the field you know you got all the rest of the people that aren't fighting for the championship behind all the all of them yeah yeah which uh, from a fantasy perspective, that really makes things challenging because um, all you know, all the quote unquote good guys are right up front, and it's going to be uh, you know, it's going to be tough for those other guys to make their way up. So, uh, you know, how you make your picks? It's it is it's going to be a tough one uh, going into this uh, first race we'll see how things you know shake out afterwards but i imagine it's going to be a lot of the same going forward so um you know five uses uh you know how, how do you play it right well even i'm just looking at it here and it's not the way you think it's starting either it, it's obviously done off of their, their new percentages and stuff like that so chase elliott took the has got the pole 
Denny Hamlin's starting second, and because William Byron won last week and it gives him percentage off of the last week's race, he's starting third. So he sneaks into the uh, playoffs, and then he gets a great starting position to start off week one. So, you know, it's you think a guy like Harvick, who's dominated most of the season, he's starting eighth. You know, he's halfway through the field of the 16 to start because of just one poor race. Yeah, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna see a lot of those uh, type of shakeups um, going forward. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting playoff this year for fantasy. Um, I, I really like how they they're doing it this year, as opposed to say last year. Uh, last year was a really, you know, it was kind of a mess. Um, we wouldn't have been able to do this last year because everything changed. Um, this one here changes a little bit, but you know, for the good, but from what I can tell and what I'm hoping is, uh, I'd hate to have to go back, but, uh, our points are static and, um, they, they don't change. And so it makes this part, you know, much easier from a, from a fantasy perspective. Okay. And with that, let's jump over to hardware software. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Uh, boy, big story this week. This is uh, <clears throat> NVIDIA GeForce has released the RTX 3090, 3080, and 3070. Three new cards priced as 1500 700 and 500 respectively. Now, I think I guessed it was going to be 1600 and it came in at 1500 But, wow, man, I think the specs is what everyone is surprised by. We've really jumped a generation or more in performance. Uh, all three of these cards, even the $500 one, currently outperform the RTX 2080 Ti, which last week was a $1,600 card. So you could buy a $500 uh, RTX uh, 3070 and really have the best card that anybody's had up to this point. Um, for only $500. And so I think the other thing that NVIDIA has done here has really reset the pricing market of video cards. Um, we've been, I think it was 2018 is when uh, we saw these RTX cards or uh, tw the, the last generation come out and it's been priced uh, you know, pretty aggressively ever since. And this kind of resets everything. <laughs> and I just went out and bought a 2070 card but I almost was like, ah, oh, crap, what the heck did I just do? But then I was like, wait a minute, I'm in Canada. It's going to be $7,000 anyways, so I think And I'm you can't get, get one. Well, yeah. <laughs> They're so due, and yeah, the, apparently stock is really low. Also, Tony, you don't want the first models of the new one anyways. No, no, you do make a good point there. Also, how much of the rest of your system is going to have to be upgraded to not just have your... Uh, your caught what's the word uh bottleneck be somewhere else right if, if it how good is that going to be if you don't have a strong enough cpu and fast enough ram etc cetera, etc cetera? plus the size of this card is huge and the wattage it takes uh it takes a lot more power than any of the current cards and so if you're even close on your power supply you're gonna have to get a better power supply everything happened to me i had a I had a, an old iRacing PC. I bought a new card. It didn't fit in the case. Yeah, the big one is like a big card. Like you said, it's huge. Well, um, 
Yeah, my like when uh, we saw I saw first all the pictures of it, I was like, okay, um, you know, it doesn't look too bad. There was nothing to scale it though, so it's like, yeah, the, the you know the fans look a little bit bigger, but and then I saw it in the dude's hands. I was like, so the next. It kind of blew me away as to how big it was. And I'm wondering, now we're going to have to like buy a trailer for our computer just to hold the uh, graphics card. So Linus Tech Tips, um, one of my favorite YouTube channels, he did a great video on this. And the title of the video was, NVIDIA just made everything else obsolete. And that's the truth. I mean, if you're buying a, a graphics card today, You'd be almost foolish not to buy this five hundred dollar one or the seven hundred dollar one, just because of of the uh, performance that you gain. So uh, the same five hundred dollar card, you know, you bought a few weeks ago, it doesn't have the the same performance. Well, and, and we were speculating that it wasn't going to be that big of a jump, uh, kind of last week when we were talking about it. So now it's kind of taken up a surprise. Uh, that Huge, this is here, right? Well, it all comes down to the the thinness of the uh, wafer, the silicone wafer as they call it, and the thinner they can get it, the more efficient it is, the hotter it runs, and so the faster it is. So apparently they partnered with Samsung on these cards to get an eight, uh, what they call eight NM thick uh, wafer. Uh, so the last generation was 10 uh, NM uh, thick, and this one is eight, and that's made the difference. This is this is really going to help some of the higher end VR headsets because, I mean, the VR headset technology was actually being held back by by the performance of the uh, video cards. They they couldn't they couldn't uh, put out the, uh, the the graphics in high high uh, resolution headsets that it needed. But these are going to be able to do that without any issue. You know, I run I run um, the HP Reverb headset. I have a 2080 Super uh, card. And I have to turn things back on uh, iRacing to keep the uh, frame rates from dropping. And uh, that's not going to be a problem, I don't think, with these new cards. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, but how much of the frame rate dropping is also just the CPU, right? Because uh, iRacing is be. really CPU intense. Yeah, and and um, and, and the VR, um, the, the minimum requirements for that headset is a 1080 Ti. That's the minimum requirements. But they, they the... Uh, they recommend at least a 2080. So the big card, the 3090, the $1,500 one, from what I was reading on the forum threads, it's really over the top. It's it's really the equivalent of the Titan card that we, we've had in the last year. Um, and I don't think that many people are going to do that one. I think that sweet spot is at the, the middle one, the 3080 at 700 Because, you know, to, to go for that $700 one to $1,500, that's a big jump, you know? And all these, all this data is based on non-overclocked models too. Now nobody's actually tested these cards. Um, you know, Nvidia has released all the information. All the tech uh, channels are talking about it, but nobody's actually, you know, tried it. Um, so, so don't, you know, wait. And everyone's like, wait and let's see how it, how it actually performs and that kind of thing. So, but boy, if if it is as good as they state, this is going to be revolutionary really for the graphic card industry all right guys so uh i'm gonna step into a rig view rig, rig review here um this is called the cruden 640 hex pod 
And uh, it's not something you're going to be able to buy because uh, I imagine the price tag is in the millions, maybe. <laughs> but uh, this thing is amazing. It's it the the shape of the actual uh, cockpit you sit in is a hexagon. It sits on top of a. Uh, six actuators which are just gigantic like six uh, feet long actuators yeah right they're, they're, they're just massive actuators um and the 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 video screen is just is like a basically like a movie screen so um yeah this is like a you know obviously it's like industrial uh type of uh of a simulator it is. um yeah so you know maybe uh professional teams with uh, real high-end budgets would probably uh, take a look at this thing for their drivers. I'm pretty or sure Denny. the Delara simulator that Delara has is this one. Yeah, or Denny Hamlin, right? Yeah. But, you, uh, yeah, this it's moving this guy around in this uh, video. Like, I mean, the actuators, the stroke on these actuators are, is measured in feet, not not inches, like uh, like you would on your home, home unit. So the reason we're looking at this is there's a post on the Facebook where Aussie Stig Sim Racer uh, took time to visit their Cruden's headquarters in Amsterdam. Uh, and they got some pretty impressive video here. It shows the rig with a freaking Porsche on top of it and like a, an actual Porsche car. And there's another shot where it shows a motorcycle where they've made a motorcycle uh, motion rig, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, this is high, high end guys. It's really neat to see some of these, uh, top end simulators that, that these companies make for, uh, you know, for these professionals, uh, cause you, you hear about them and stuff, but you never actually see them that often. And, and they're just amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess I might just have to go for a little bit more cost effective, uh, option because the next one on the list is only 129,000 pounds. Yeah, these are a lot more scaled down versions. Yeah, no, there's no sarcasm there. Yeah, uh, this thing's amazing as well. It's actually the the top model is actually basically a cutout of a of a Formula car, and it's like a G seat and uh, five way motion rig combined. It has it has airbags that that pump up as you're turning, as well as the yaw, or the yaw motion and the the four posts. Uh, it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, this is from Cranfield Simulation, and on their uh, Instagram page, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, uh, if you look at the way the motion is set up on this platform, uh, with the D box uh, suspension and everything, yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's got, you know, the, the G-seat has the, the six pads on the, on the back that actually push forward. This has airbags behind you. It has airbags on your shoulders. I mean, you, you actually get down in the cockpit completely. Yeah, this is CranfieldSimulation.com is their website. And they say, world-class racing simulators drive your passion. And uh, no prices, and you can guess why. No, the top model is 129,000. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, pounds. Well, let me go to my change bank and uh, go get it. So that's basically about the price of a, of a province in Canada? <laughs> At least you understood that it's a province. Some of us down here actually are edumacated. Edumacated. Well, if you want to get some more edumacation, you can uh, go to uh, Fanatic's YouTube page and uh, watch their uh, tutorial on their 
I'm guessing these are, this must be a new model. I've, I haven't heard about their Club Sport magnetic uh, paddle modules, um, but they gave you a tutorial on how to install them on their various hubs to uh, update your shifters to their uh, magnetic ones. And, you know, looks like they're pretty easy to install. Um, I don't, I, I've never looked into it. Does installing these yourself avoid any type of warranty to uh, your uh, Fanatic gear? Say you bought them right when you bought a, a, a hub and you wanted these uh, magnetic ones in? I wouldn't think so. I mean, when they send it to you, you have to put everything together anyway. That's true. But uh, just they just give you an example on every type of uh, rim or hub thing that they are hub uh, accessory they have. So they got David. They're even showing uh, the F1 rim that you have. Um, they show my X, the Xbox rim that I use for them. These magnetic shifters. Um, the only one I didn't show. I didn't know if you can actually change it on is obviously the McLaren rims got a different type of uh, mechanism altogether so they wouldn't these wouldn't work for it um, but they even showed on the new hub uh, for the direct drive hub um, it getting installed on those so it's a nice little upgrade uh, for any of your fanatic uh, gear if you want to have these magnetic uh, paddle modules if I was going to upgrade my pedals, though, I'd do what I did and get the advanced pedal module where you get you get the analog controls as well. Now, that one, is it is it um, magnetic? Is that one actually have it, too? Uh, yeah, it's magnetic. It's actually got four four digital paddles and two analog. Yeah, each, I, this package is just really a simple uh, left and right paddle, one on each side. Yeah, it's basically just an add-on. It's just it's one of those quick... You know, it gives you a different feel when you're, if you're someone that uses, the, like, you know, if you're using a rim, a formula rim, and you're using the paddles all the time, you sometimes guys like a, a different feel the way the click feels. Like, if you had, like, I have the McLaren GT3 or uh, GT3 rim, and the, the paddle click on it would be a lot different than the one that David has on his formula rim. Um, and David's formula rim will have a lot better one because... The McLaren ones had a very weak system that eventually lets or doesn't work after a while. Hey, Tony. Yo, got some the, uh, VR? Oculus update happening. Um, this is one is uh, kind of irked a few people. Um, is announced that starting in October of this year, everyone using an Oculus device for the first time will need to log in with a Facebook account. Um, for those that you know, already have their Oculus that you don't have to do that until uh, I believe it's 2023 is um, like the grandfathering of this whole deal. Um, yeah. I, I uh, This was announced. Yeah. It was August 18th, according to, to this one here, which is about right there. And there was a lot of people really pissed off personally. I don't, I don't care. It really makes no difference to me. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts? And uh, Greg and David, you both run Oculus, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of catch twenty two. For one thing, that's a social media account that some people have even kind of just uh, sworn off because of how toxic social media gets. Uh, so I don't know if you want. To, I mean, I suppose you could have the social media account and just only use it for the Oculus. My only concern would be that the other software that I've purchased would I would that all carry over as well? 
I just, I just don't understand why you have to log into Facebook to use VR. I mean, I don't know how they tie together. Well, because I Facebook just, owns Oculus. So who yeah. cares? I just hope it doesn't cause a like when the, when this rolls out, it doesn't cause something in the background when you're like all of a sudden racing or doing anything in VR where a pop up comes up on Facebook and it crashes your system because of what's going on. Like it's just like all it's doing is adding another window being on in the background that you know for us that you know sometimes run um you know at the max we can with some of these things another window can cause problems that uh it's just unnecessary like it's the same thing that steam does when they ha you have to have steam on to run your programs uh when you buy stuff it's any you of already, these things you already have to have the oculus software open i think what probably will change it's just instead of logging in with your oculus account you'll log in with your facebook details probably with the same software i don't think it's going to increase the overhead on the system i hope I, it doesn't I'm, I'm pretty sure like that that sounds like it would make the most amount of sense david um yeah it's just gonna change from the oculus store to the you know facebook oculus store there's a yeah there's a problem already with pop-ups if your battery goes low and your controller uh after a certain amount of time, it will just blue screen you basically and say, hey, your controller's low. And you could be heading towards a, you know, a, a hairpin and suddenly your screen's black. All, all I find with some of these things is they're just doing it to track what you're doing, just to see, to get data and, 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 and find out what, um, what your interests and things are. I'm sure... I'm sure as soon as I start racing on iRacing or using certain things in my, once it's attached to Facebook, you're going to start finding ads that never popped up before start popping up on your Facebook page or in, in different things like that. It's, it's just, I'll, I have no problem doing it. It's just, I'm just bothered by Facebook and what it's, it's been part of with um, things that they've gone legally gone on with the last you know, years upon years. Well, they're going to see every time you start a stream anyway, so they're already tracking it there. And um, what is their evidence that they've been, they'll listen in on you even when your mic's not supposed to be active and suddenly you start seeing ads for something you were just talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just another, it's just another thing, I guess, maybe, I guess it now gets to see what you're seeing. Yeah, everywhere does that for everything so you know yeah. really the only way you're going to get away from that is just unplug everything and you know guys like us who's going to do that it's like yeah whatever I don't greg's, greg's going to go live in the woods david needs to insert uh, sound effects for the uh, x files in here all right we got time for one more i'm going to do this one it's custom sim engineering they make a button box for the Fanatec Club Sport 2.5 wheelbase. Now, we've seen button boxes for the DD1 and DD2 everywhere, but I haven't seen a lot for the Club Sport 2.5. So this one is pretty cool. It mounts to the base, uh, just like the uh, DD1's uh, button boxes do. Um, and it's got uh, the buttons on the top, and it's got a slot or an open space for what's called a stream deck uh, below it. So you have the stream deck and then you have a nice little button box above it. It's a nice package that, you know, you just hang off the right side of your uh, steering column. The price is right too. Uh, 100, 100 pounds is what it starts at. This is uh, actually interesting 
I mean, it's kind of like the Derek Spears Designs uh, dashboard type uh, button box that he has for. They have a club sport. They have CSL ones, but it's 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 a different you know take on it. And Tony, I know you're gonna really like this one because it comes with its own stickers. <laughs> no stabby stabby trying to get the uh, labels to happen uh no i um i really like this one because you know like i said we have not really seen one like this the the whole stream deck option um i'm sure if you know you know you're not streaming or you don't want to use it you can just program them to be whatever buttons you want them to be um but to have that option is really nice, and it is a you know it is a very sleek design. I like the um, you know the colors on the buttons, and especially with the rotary dials, um, you know it's almost like black completely surround, almost completely surrounding um, you know the red. So the red will show you uh, you know what part on that that rotary dial you're actually pointing to. Um, very clean looking, very. Uh, yeah, I like it. and the price, hell, you know the the, the hundred hundred pounds. Yeah, that's um, it's it's certainly priced right for you know f- to be able to give my thumbs up for it. They yeah, definitely that- have different options here too. Sorry, Brian. Um, they're they even have it in different colors, different combinations of colors. They got different layouts. Um, it looks like the you know you can either have it split into that that streamer deck like they were talking about. Or you can have a bigger interface where you can have knobs, uh, flick switches, and then buttons as well. So it's, it even has a starter and ignition button. So it definitely has a bunch of options if you're looking at uh, getting into something for your 2.5. Yeah, and that, and that, uh, that uh, set of keyboards-looking thing that goes on the bottom, that's got 15 different buttons on it, man. That's going to have a lot of things you can program into it. The stream deck, you mean? Correct. Yes. Yeah. But like if I only used, you know, half of those buttons on the st- stream deck for streaming, I could potentially use those other buttons for other stuff, right? Yeah. Chat that's what buttons. I it could be chat sure. buttons. The I'm sorry. Go left. Go right. Right. Pretty cool button box. Uh, yeah. So check them out. Their website's kind of lacking, um, but they have a really nice Instagram called Custom Sim Engineering. Okay, and with that, we're going to jump into results, which are sponsored by um, the Ucora uh, League 2020 Throwback Indie Series Poll Award, which uh, didn't run last week. Uh, I was a little confused about the schedule. I think we're running tonight, right, David? I believe so. I think it's fucking O. All right, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Ucora, so check that out. What did you call uh, it? Pocono. Oh, it didn't come across like that. Let's finish up uh, NIS and talk about our results. Uh, let's finish up Daytona, Friday Open, Brian, P15. Yeah, uh, Ashley was having a really good race, but um, and I and I led like about 19 laps. Um, with six to go, I was in first place, but I just didn't have the fuel to finish that run. We were having quite a few cautions, and I didn't think that uh, that it was going to go green that long. So I wound up having to pit, and, and I wound up finishing 15th. But so that didn't quite work out, but it was a good set, and I was fast. Um, I finished with zero X, which is always a plus at Daytona. Okay, um, interesting. Uh, David, you wrecked out. 
Yeah, a guy just decided to bump draft me on my left tail light, and it finished me off. But you really can't do anything about that, can you? No, didn't, I didn't end up having a good week at Daytona. I just uh, dumped several times. Well, I'm uh, bummed. I didn't get my win like I hoped. Um, but, you know, if it was easy, nobody would do it. But I got P6 uh, Friday open. I ran uh, <clears throat> no tape, and I pushed uh, teammate Tom Dryling. Uh, we were one and two most of the race. Um, we controlled that race. Uh, I did anyway, running second, pushing uh, Tom uh, on the bottom. Whenever they would get a run on the outside, I'd just push like crazy and we would keep it. Uh, green flag stops happened. Tom choked. <laughs> I went on without him. Uh, he uh, missed his pit or he slid through the grass. I don't know. But when I came off pit road, he wasn't there. So uh, I had to move on without him. I did work with a guy I, I finally hooked up with and pushed him to the lead. But I even got him to the lead and he would not pull down. And I was like red hot. I was about ready to blow up. And I'm like, pull down, pull down. He's like, I'm not sure if I'm clear. And he was clear, but uh, he wouldn't pull down and kind of messed me up. So I never got into a position where I could run for the win. So P6 it was. Tony Rochette got a P5. He said, restarted eighth on the final green-white checker. Got to the outside, had a run to win, but the car in the middle took the inside car and me out and slid in the grass. He got fifth while going in reverse over the line. Now, I, I watched uh, that last restart of Tony's, and uh, yeah, I was rooting for him, and he was uh, he was trying, but it wasn't enough. <clears throat> Sunday open, David Hall, top split, P17. Yeah, for some reason, I came in for a pit, and when we went through our green flag cycle, and was running you know, really well right in with one of the front packs, and for some reason, my fuel was unclicked. Didn't realize it until a little bit later, because we had short pitted. Had to stop and never really got the track position back. Um, I got back on the lead lap, but it, it was you know, in that top split, just getting back up there. There was nowhere to go. And so that's where I was. So that's twice this week you didn't get fuel on a green flag stop. Yeah, that, this was the first time. We're going to talk about the other one here in a little bit. Okay. Tony Rochette. Daytona, he says. Uh, stayed top five all race. Final restart was P2. Got the jump on a damaged P1 and never looked back. Got the W Baba 2X Coke Zero winner on to Darling. Coke Zero winner. <laughs> and then Greg, P5, you said five wide finish. I think I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not a very good plate racer. I'm, I like to just hang back and kind of just try and finish them and get a good finish, but I finally was in the position to to get something in this one. Um, it was a frustrating race through the middle part. I fell out of the draft because I caught, you know, there was a big wreck and the caution didn't come out and we lost the pack. So we were racing together with this other pack and they wouldn't get going. They kept the slowest person in the front and they wouldn't, and every time they'd move that person out, that person would somehow get back to the front again and it would just slow us down. Um, but eventually a caution came out and I got to the up to where back into the pack and I knew I didn't want to lose back, so I started aggressively moving forward. And I got with a, with our green-white checkered. I got to, I restarted uh, third, and I pushed uh, pushed the guy right past uh, second. And I was on his bumper the whole time until the backstretch on the on the white flag. 
and I went high just going into three and four and the guy behind me went with me for a second and then dropped down in the low lane and then I thought okay there's a top lane coming with me well then they tried to go on the outside so we were basically running three wide and by the time we got to the start finish line it ended up five or six cars wide and it just was a mess there was a wreck afterwards by the time we got past the line and yeah, I ended up with the P5 there where I, you know, maybe if I stayed behind like a guy, I would have finished second. I don't know if it was a bad idea to try and make the move or not. Okay. And then Sunday fixed, I made a rare start because uh, I hadn't got my win. I wanted to try to get one. Uh, P18, though. I ran top five, though, all day. I was leading after the green flag stops. I was in total control of this race as well. Uh, eight to go. I actually got wrecked from the lead. The outside lane came down on the inside lane, and uh, yeah, I couldn't do anything to miss it. You know, what are you gonna do? And uh, with that, let's jump to Darlington, the Southern 500. This is a full distance race. Uh, Wednesday open. David, you got P19 top split. Yep, uh, I got caught two laps down because I was a little too. Uh, conservative with my green flag stop because I didn't practice it. Um, caution came out just shortly after I pitted. Two laps down, one guy stays out, so I'm stuck there for the rest of the time because there was only 12 cars on the lead lap. Uh, most of the rest of the race ran clean, just a couple of cautions, but those cautions took out quite a few people. Quite a few other people just took themselves out even without the caution coming. One of the green flag stops, again, when I stopped, it only took right side tires and didn't take fuel. Uh, it, I don't know if I'm accidentally clicking it. I changed a, a couple of settings that might fix that, but I think I'm just going to have to get in the habit of pushing a couple, pushing the buttons right before I come in to make sure they're set right. Are you using any other third-party apps that deal with the pit crew stuff? Uh, JRT is has that option, but I have it all turned off. And I looked to see if, if it was Crew Chief, because you can see when Crew Chief it types in my macros into the chat to, to send those commands through and I didn't see any of them go through so I don't know what's going on uh, but I'm just gonna have to really get in the habit of making sure I, I click those buttons when I know I want to take fuel or something right, right as I'm going in uh, that put me way down like four or five laps down I ran clean uh, we had like two green flag stops to finish it and so many people wrecked out that even though I was a car number 35 in the top split uh, I got basically as many points as Mike did with his finish. Yep, and I got P8, um, and I'm gonna be one and done. And I'll tell you why, that race took four hours and 15 minutes to complete. Um, I don't know, old dad, I can't last that long. My right elbow was actually really sore after the race. Now, something I forgot to mention in, at Daytona, David, Greg, you guys convinced me to turn down my wheel and I turned it down from 100% to 60% and I still have it at 60%. And I'm kind of glad I did for this Darlington race because of the way my arm felt afterwards. I can't imagine you how it not, would feel. Might not have any arms left to that. Right, exactly. But uh, anyway, uh, P8, I was easily a top five car. But at one point, um, maybe more than halfway through the race, I got wrecked by a lapper and had over four minutes damage. Uh, and so I just kind of was limping at home at that point. But with uh, only, a, you know, 10, 12 cars on the lead lap, it wasn't too bad and uh, was able to get it up to P8. 
This has got to be the most grueling combination of track and distance wise, besides, you know, an endurance car race, because this track is so fast and so unforgiving to get a good lap time and to be competitive. You have to run it right on that edge and it doesn't take much to step over that edge. Where I was getting in trouble was in three and four on the old tires. It just wouldn't turn and you just have to let it slow down to a crawl before it would turn left. Yep. Also, uh, what's interesting though is how clean it could run compared to some of the other tracks where it's easier to get around because most people, if you caught them, they just got out of the way knowing that if they try to race you, bad things will happen. That's true. I mean, there's a lot of give and take at the because you can't go into some of these corners side by side, literally. And so when somebody has a run, I was like letting off on the straightaway to let them go, you know? Well, like you guys are saying, you guys are getting good finishes and you didn't even have to have a complete car to get a good finish. Has tons of attrition. This, like you said, this is definitely a, a test. Now, Tom Dryling ran in my split with me. He got P10, but that doesn't really tell you how he ran. He had a win in his grasp. He had what he called a fast hot rod. He led a bunch of laps. He worked the tires in his favor. If the second to last caution would not have happened or came out, it was his. I mean, he had the lead, he had a, and he was pulling away. And so he, we got a caution that he didn't want to see. Uh, he definitely would have won that race if it wouldn't have came out. But uh, he did get frustrated after that and drove a bit hard and overheated the tires. And I think he actually spun at one point and kind of lost his spots. And um, he got a couple more chances, but it, I, I think what happened after that was uh, he had too many incidents and he had to serve a black flag, uh, you know, drive-through penalty for the too many incidents. And so that put him back and uh, yeah. Tough break for Tom, uh, it was a good run for him. Tony Rochette, even a worse break, he was running top 10 for the first 77 laps he got tagged by wreckers in the front, went to pit, and lost power in the house for one second. And by the time everything got booted and the motive was green, he was at least 10 laps down, so just parked it. Thursday open. Uh, earlier today, Bobby Jonas ran. He got wrecked. He said the guy wrecked. He didn't hold his brakes. And with sunlight, never saw him coming down. So let's talk about the sun going down, the sunset at Darlington. Uh, David, what did you think? Uh, I was like, boy, I can't even see. I need my sunglasses. Well, it's standard to turn HDR off in the VR. So it's not bad on the VR. The glare's not there. So if you want to get rid of that glare for this track, take the HDR off. Won't be a problem. The other thing, David, in VR, when sun setting, you get the, it feels like you've, you're in a window um, and it lights up the side bezel. I've, I've noticed it lights up the bezels. You kind of have a little bit more of a more light feeling around your eyes than actually, you know, seeing the sim. It kind of brings a different experience when you're looking in it in VR. Try, try turning the HDR on and you'll see how blinding I'm it is telling for you, the guys. Blind. I mean, on my triples, dude, I could not look at the center monitor in that situation. I was kind of looking over on the right monitor, kind of looking at the edge of the wall. I mean, you probably have done this in a real car where you're being blinded by the sun and you have to kind of look out the edge to see where you're going. It was that kind of scenario because it was so bright. 
Well, you got oils and greases and scratches on the window from sand, from dirt and rocks and stuff like that's that causes glare, right? So you got to think, you know, everything reflects off of that when you got the sun peering through it. Yeah, the glare only comes from the HDR effect. So if it's off, you you just don't get the glare. When it's mid daylight, you can look straight at the sun and it's just a tiny little circle. Yeah, I had the HDR on in practice and with the VR, and yeah, that whole backstretch can see almost nothing the whole time. And by the time the sun goes behind that building right there at turn three, uh, you're already in the turn. So it's, it's it was really difficult. I, I'm going to be turning the HDR off when I finally get to the race on this track, for sure. It, it wasn't so bad in the race. It was the practice where it was very noticeable uh, right before the race. Tony Rochette ran today. He wrecked uh, running top 10, even leading laps, and was wrecked on a restart by a dipshit on my outside when he slams the wall. Good job, number one car. Bubber for Tony. Let's uh, talk other official racing. Uh, I ran NASCAR Legends, uh, Peace at North Wilkesboro and P6, then P2, and then P5 the next day. So uh, running good uh, for, uh, for a change at these shorter tracks. And uh, I might run some more of that this week just because I'm, I'm kind of farming the way those finishes are going. So real happy with a P2 at uh, North Wilkesboro. They're running better because you have not as much force feedback, so you're not killing your tires as much. It very well could be because that, that car is really hard to steer too with the hundred percent on. So I, you might be onto something there, Greg. I mean, uh, yeah, Greg. So the other uh, sprint car race I ran was on Tuesday P12 at Thompson out of 19. I actually hit the wall about halfway through and knocked the toe out real bad and had to basically limp it home. That's a fun uh, series to run. And uh, there's a lot more people starting to show up. I think we had two splits even. Uh, Brian, what did you do? You ran a class A and you got a P win, P1. Yeah, I did, a, did the uh, A open race Saturday night and got my first win with the Tifosi team. It was awesome. Um, my typical strategy on Daytona is just to kind of like uh, hang a half a second or so off the main pack, keep them in contact and, uh, and then just, you know, halfway, three quarters of the way through the race, I had to work my way up, uh, which I did. Um, we got to a situation, and this was kind of weird, but um, I was in like about sixth or seventh place with about seven laps to go, and then three cars that were in front of me in that main pack had to pit. They were running out of fuel. So they went to the pit, they came back out, and you know, by the time they came back out, they were actually right in front of us, the main pack, you know, as uh, at the tail end of the lead lap, but they didn't, they didn't let us go by or anything. They stayed right, right with the main pack. They were actually, you know, they looked like they were leading the race, but they were actually the tail end of the lead lap and it was kind of holding everybody up. So I got, I got up to second place, um, on the last lap, I went around the uh, leader on the outside on the back stretch because, uh, there were some more lap cars coming up and, uh, went into turn three on the high side. And I saw the, the car on the inside uh, just get turned and like a mayhem behind me. Um, so I just kind of just coasted it in from there. There was no way that anybody else behind me was going to catch me. So yeah, I got my first win at uh, David Tifosi. It was, it was awesome. I was really excited. All right. Nice win. Uh, nice that you got one at Daytona. So. Okay. Let's talk league and hosted. Uh, David, you ran Pacific Majors P12. 
and dumped halfway through the race is what it says. Okay, that must have been great. Uh, let's go on to OBRL. <laughs> Chris Scales, B4. I'm, I'm still in from, I'm sorry, I'm still in from, from, uh, from Tony on missing my cues. Yeah, I got dumped. Uh, that one shouldn't have been on there still. We talked about it last week. Oh, I see. All right, then how about OBRL? Chris Scales, P4. Tony Groves, P17. Yeah, this one's new. Um, yeah, uh, Ran at Daytona, and actually, it was my first time running with those guys in the cup cars. Um, we had a great race. Uh, Scales and I were, uh, you know, pretty much linked from from start to finish, and uh, you know, we 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 just kind of laid back and uh, let the race happen. Waited till about you know twenty to go, and worked our way up to the front, and we were both um, up there within the top ten on the. You know, on the on the final restart, and that's where all the 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 fun happened. Um, you know, minus uh, I, my first green flag pit stop, I totally blew it. Um, just drove right by my pit stall, so I had to, I ended up going a going a lap down, and just kind of had to hang out. And I got the lucky dog, got it back, and uh, yeah, right at the end, it was uh, the white flag had flown, and. Uh, where did it happen? It was on the back stretch um, where everybody was super, super tight. There was just uh, not a whole lot that you could do to kind of make anything happen. And then there was just a, you know, a little opening. It was just, you know, wide enough for a car and a little bit. So I said it was the only move that I had, the only chance that I could make to, you know, get a better position. I, I shot the middle. Um, I was actually uh, just trying to get to uh, Steve Thompson's back bumper, and we uh, didn't quite get there. Uh, well, ended up uh, I ended up in the wall. Um, thankfully, it wasn't my doing, but uh, it was it was a chance I was you know more than willing to take. I was uh, just super ecstatic to be able to be in that position and be able to you know try and make that move and try and make something happen. Um, it's uh, just being able to do that is uh, just not something I've been able to do in the last, you know, uh, few races that I've been in. It's just kind of, you know, right around and just kind of hold on and hope for something. But this one here, I was actually, you know, uh, working to make moves. Scales, he got P4. Uh, basically where he was at, he was just kind of stuck there. There was just nowhere for him to go or there's no moves that he was able to make. So he wrote it out, got a nice finish. I, uh, I wrecked it out, had a lot of fun. So, so there's cars in the middle, but you made a new middle, so to speak. No, no, somebody had just moved up enough for me to, you know, sneak in there. So I saw the opening, I took it. Um, yeah, and I was just gonna see how far it could take me, and it didn't take me very far, but it was good. All right, well, it's good to get those competitive juices flowing, be in the mix. Uh, I'm sure you loved it. Let's get into final thoughts next. Brian McCubbin, what do you got? Uh, well, um, next week I'm looking forward to the OBRL starts up the new season. I knew I knew this last season I was going to miss multiple multiple races with trips and stuff, so I didn't really uh, put a whole lot of effort in there last season. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting the season coming up that starts uh, Monday with RXA with trucks. So uh, that's that's always a great time i'll be able to race the whole season this time and then a couple weeks ago we did a uh, review on a company called simnetics um, they did a uh, wind simulator 
and uh, with a dashboard attached to it. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I was kind of interested. So I texted, uh, emailed the guy at there. Uh, his name is Matt. And uh, he, he responded real quick. We had a conversation back and forth. And it turns out I, I wound up picking one up. I'm going to get one of those wind simulators. Uh, should nice. be shipped soon. And uh, I'll test it out. It runs with the SimHub hardware, which I already uh, am using. So uh, that should come in the next week or two. And uh, once I get it set up, I'll, I'll talk more about it then. Well, money bags here. If you need help spending your money, just let us know. We'll let, we'll tell you what to buy. Okay, you got it. David Hall, final thoughts. If you need to go to the uh, spend money, actually, uh, just go to the, our hardware section. You know, we spend each other's money quite a bit already. Uh, I still stream, not as much. Obviously, a lot busier now. It's 1X, 1G, Mix Mage on twitch.tv jeez get over it yeah an easy way to find everybody's stream is at tofosi racing on facebook um we, we all mirror over there greg hectus final thoughts uh it's been a busy week i haven't been a, got a chance to race uh darlington yet i'm looking for the friday and sunday race um i've been really busy working on a project that i've got going here for the podcast um look for it this weekend i'll be posting the videos up on Everything social that we have, um, explaining it all. It's a project that I'm kind of really interested in doing here and can't wait to uh, see how it turns out. Um, and if you want to come along and keep me awake on my uh, stream on Friday night especially, um, you can come to uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's, and uh, we'll go for the win. Keep my top five streak alive and... Uh, I'm trying to run down uh, Mike in the Division Two points. Uh, he's doing a, you're doing a very good job coming back to me in the points there, uh, Mike. Yeah, it's been a tough few weeks, uh, but we'll hopefully turn it around. All right, uh, Tony Groves, final thought. Yeah, so uh, Brian, I think I'll be joining you there uh, Monday nights. Um, scheduling wise, I think Monday nights will work a lot better uh, for the OBRL. Joint, go back to the Arca car. I love that uh that series that's a lot of fun um trucks i like their, I, I like their schedule a lot too tony it's a really good schedule this year yeah well i i didn't jive too well with the trucks and that could have been a lot of different things but um you know usually like with the trucks i'm coming off a really long day early morning start and a lot of time i'm just bloody whooped by uh nine o'clock so mondays works much better easier days don't have to worry so much. So I should be able to hit all of them or we'll say at least most of them. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, as always, uh, check out the Aftermath podcast. Uh, you know, Chris and the Two Tonys. Um, we just did a, an episode uh, this past weekend. We had all just come off uh, racing and um, you know watching the Daytona. That was a lot of fun. And uh, we're not recording this weekend. We will be recording the following weekend, but... Uh, Till then, check out our back catalog. We're starting to build it up. We just released episode 14. Thanks for the kind words in that podcast, too, Tony. Yeah, I think we're on number 244 here. All right, so, yeah, we submitted the podcast to another service this week called Amazon Music. Apparently, you can get podcasts at Amazon Music, and uh, I just uh, submitted our podcast there, so you You'll be able to find it there shortly, hopefully. Uh, my final thought on Daytona is 
man, I'm just a little frustrated that I didn't get that win. But by the end of the week, I have my mojo back, is what I was telling the guys. Because Wednesday night, man, that set we were running was just not for me. And I couldn't run a straight line. And people were telling me I was couldn't hold a line. And that's like, you know, really insulting to me that I can't hold a line at Daytona. And so it really kind of threw me off. And uh, but but as we got the set figured out, uh, Greg, you, you really got, you know, put it together as we went through the week. And then by the end of the week, you know, I'm back to my usual form. I was in command of those races. I was, you know, I was in charge, basically. And that's the way it should be. And uh, really felt like I got my mojo back. So even though I didn't get the win, I do feel good about the week. We had help from an outside source for that set. Well, thank you to everybody uh, who's a friend of the podcast that helps us out. I mean, that's part of the reason we do these podcasts, so we have help, so we have friends, so people know who we are. And with that being said, we'll see you on the track. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Facebook and Twitter. See you on the track.